Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsa. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. Hey, there we go. Hey. Jennifer, last week you put a great photo out on uh, on the social medias of you broadcasting, kind of half in a closet, and you sounded, you're the best acoustics in your house. Sounds like you might be there again. Is, 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 is Can we expect another uh, video essay on this? That's right. I am back in the, back in the halfway of the closet <laughs> with dolls behind me. I got mm. Barbie, we got Ray, all sorts of mermaids. <laughs> This is so great. I want to do a broadcast like that so I can say, coming to you live from the doll closet. Yes. (laughs) It works. It works. It works. We're here to talk about all the Star Wars news. If there is some, it is an interesting time. We always have these dips. We love the big news. We love the trailer drops. And we love the times where there's just other things to discuss. But we do have some news to discuss today and all that's coming your way. Before that, we want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have a four center recommends 
an audiobook we think you should try out on us. We always love to catch up and see what happened uh, in our lives and how Star Wars found its way in. Uh, Jen, busy time for you. I know uh, I, I finally made the transition to TikTok and you were entertaining, entertaining me with TikTok videos about Ewoks and Wookiees. So how's things going and where's Star Wars found its way? Good, good. Uh, we went to the Natural History Museum yesterday, uh, saw a peek at the construction of the Lucas Museum of Narrative Art. It's Ooh. really coming along nicely. Um, yeah, they definitely, Ooh. it's a cool looking building from afar. <laughs> uh, but the History Museum was fascinating because, you know, they have all the dinosaur bones and they have the African Mammal Hall. And you're looking at these creatures and I can't help but see Star Wars creatures, you know, how you see the inspiration of where the, mm. the concept artists, you know, they're taking, oh, that the elephant foot might work here with this creature and stuff like that. And it was just really inspiring. Oh. It is. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it is inspiring when you find Star Wars anywhere, everywhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Luke, the Lucas thing, um, I've seen them looking for their hiring and the, the museum. And I'm like, oh. Could I, could I be a vendor? Could I sell hot dogs at the museum? Could that be my life? Right. Exactly. Whatever, whatever I could be just to be, I'll, uh, you know, not a fly on the wall, but yeah. Cause yeah. you know, George is going to, is going to come in. He's going to be there occasionally. Yeah. yeah there uh, full disclosure. I think I had even mentioned it, uh, you know, because my security director passed at one point, they were looking for a security director of the Lucas museum. And I was like, is this it? Is this my time to go back to the business? Cause I, I envisioned, uh, meetings with George on Tuesday about uh, any security concerns. And uh, I was like, I bet that probably wouldn't happen, but yeah. <laughs> oh, and one last thing I'll mention is that they have at the Natural History Museum in LA, the House of the Dragon Experience. Uh, it's really cool. And it, now this made me think the Mandalorian experience would be perfect at the mm. Natural History Museum. Because the, the House of the Dragon experience was cool, but it was kind of small. They have, you know, Dragon Skull. Mm. They have the Iron Throne. Great photo op. But the Mandalorian experience, as you guys know, that was incredible with the props and the costumes and all of that. And I thought, you know, maybe maybe they'll bring it here or maybe they'll take that experience to the Lucas Museum. <laughs> mm. Mm. So yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and even you know George, uh, you know his involvement being small. I get that, I get it. But like mm -hmm. he, he just love you know him on set uh, for those shows. I love the behind the scenes stuff, especially in the light and magic of him on set of, of Mando. It, it could work from that point of view. It's just I think your your point uh, is what I take, Jen. It's such a wonderful thing that Mando experience. Oh, it's fantastic! Uh, it's really put together so well. I mean, Joseph and I had so much fun there. Never want to speak for Joseph, but I do recall <laughs> him taking many pictures of a wonderful uh, astromech drummer. I believe I had to apologize uh, to you several times because I was like, just one more photo of this. Just one more photo of that. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Yeah. Um, well, so good that was my weekend. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Uh, Joseph, so glad to have you here. Uh, and and I, I and to pull you in for the TikTok stuff, I, I've always seen <laughs> your wonderful TikTok videos, but I saw your face on one video and I went, oh, oh Joseph's also shown his face. It, it was like an old video. The algorithms I don't understand yet. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm very happy to do the action figure things. I know I need to do more things with my face because, hey, that's human psychology. People look at faces. And like the one video I did, like with no planning on a beach, got like double the views. <laughs> uh, just share. Shamed Lobot, who is uh, the video like before. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I love everything you guys are saying about the the museums, the museum experiences. I really hope that the the Lucas Museum of Narrative Art is just like this beautiful experience about storytelling. And then Lucas has also cut a deal to insert a Sabaros in there, and you can see Lucas <laughs> eating Sabaros. That would be beautiful. Uh, just moves away to my heart with a George Lucas Sabaro <laughs> joke. <laughs> it is so so great uh anyway uh, i'll keep my life in star wars adventures uh very short because really my adventures the way star wars came into my life is it literally physically came back into my life everything mm -hmm. that we packed up uh in minnesota all of our belongings from our storage space that we've had there for years we packed up a few weeks ago arrived in los angeles uh last week and we wow. got it all set up in our new storage space I got all of my action figures in one place so I can go through them all. So this is just like this incredibly bizarre feeling to finally be reunited with mm -hmm. all of my Star Wars figures. I have all of my Kenner figures in my apartment and every 
action figure I own is within a mile of my body. <laughs> I can just walk down the street and go visit all of my action figures. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. And then the, uh, the kind of the fun emotional triumph of that is I had to pack fairly quickly in Minneapolis and I packed everything the best I could, but the uh, tub that I had put my uh, power of the force to at, at in, ATAT uh, <laughs> got a little banged up and I was like oh no uh, but the the jug was all smashed the tub uh, but the at at literally still stands that is good imperial uh, <laughs> work <laughs> and that ATAT is still standing and I was very happy uh, to see that I uh, love that good old imperial engineering that is right so those are my adventures <laughs> Uh, awesome. Uh, on my side, pretty simple, pretty direct, a uh, busy time for me, but I did take time to watch the latest Lego adventure, the summer vacation one. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to do a deep dive just the way our schedule's looking. When, even though Andor was pushed back, there, there's a lot of things going on around the Force Center spot, uh, spots around here. Uh, but I gotta say, it was really fun. I, it's not as, uh, maybe as deep or as quote unquote good as the other ones. I don't know. I don't, I, I just had a lot of fun with it. I just, it's so fun to just kind of turn off your Star Wars analytical mind and your canon mind and just watch some silliness in the galaxy far, far away. But there's some wonderful themes in there as well. So uh, it does get a thumbs up recommendation from me, especially if you're a Weird Al fan, because, you yeah, know, Weird Al in yeah. Star Wars, it's wonderful. Yeah, he's got that <laughs> Scarif single, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, he's, he's in there. He has a character now. He's canon adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> One step closer. So that was good. Uh, also, want to shout out, I, I did a comedy show this week at uh, Flappers, which is a lot, a lot of fun, big comedy club here in Burbank. And uh, one of our Four Center listeners, uh, one of our uh, very dedicated listeners, uh, Brian B.C. Tiller, who we had met at Star Wars Celebration, he was there with a friend. And it was just great to see a, a familiar face uh, in the crowd, but also just chatted with him afterwards. And, you know, he's going through a lot. He's got highs. He's got lows. He's got losses. He's got uh, new beginnings. Uh, he also was, was a big music fan. And, and uh, he and I were talking about he and his 17-year-old daughter uh, as she, as he describes her, an old soul uh, falling in love with uh, music f from bygone eras, which is actually the 90s, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> look at that way. Um and uh, it was just fun to talk about, uh, you know, him being such a, a Star Wars guy and Star Wars in his heart, just to see the, 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 the story being passed to the next generation, even in his own life. And as he experiences it in his own life um, mm -hmm. with his father, not to him and, and, and to his daughter. It was it was uh, one of the times where just the shared love of Star Wars is uh, the um, thing um, underneath the conversation. You know what I mean? Uh, the thing to. Uh, uh, drive drive all of our experiences. So, uh, Brian, good to see you. Thanks for coming on out. Drove all the way up from Seal Beach to Burbank, which is uh, quite a haul. Quite a haul. Yeah. So, there you go. Those are our Star Wars adventures. And now it's time to look at some Star Wars news. And uh, this is a, this is a, uh, an interesting one. This is, it's a little small thing of news. And it's one that was like, yeah, it's not surprising. But it was said in such a way that I think it is newsworthy. And it's the real world politics on Andor. Shout out to our friends at Star Wars Newsnet who kind of do a wonderful job of pulling in news stories everywhere and kind of a great spot to look at and kind of follow the links that you want to uh, follow. Fiona Shaw will be playing the character of Marva in Andor, which is great. Sounds like a 1970s sitcom character. <laughs> um, she did talk about some details about her character and her place in the story. We're going to avoid those details right now. Some of you might know them, some of you might not, and you might not want to. Uh, not super spoilery, but just uh, specific details. But moving beyond that, she spoke to Empire Magazine about the real-world politics baked into the show by Tony Gilroy and all involved. Let's not forget, there's a a wonderful collection of writers and directors helping to shape the show as well. Uh, Tony, she says, has written a great scurrilous take on the Trumpian world. Our world is exploding in different places right now. People's rights are disappearing. And Andor reflects that. In the show, the Empire is taking over and it feels like the same thing is happening in reality, too. Uh, she goes on to say, I was impressed by Tony's social realist intentions. He's created a whole new morality. It's very deep and humane. There is grief, mourning, hope fear it's not just primary colors here so joseph jennifer those are some very direct words <laughs> about what the show is about and like i said doesn't come with any surprises if you watch the first two trailers and just kind of know a little bit about andor and kind of the, the the uh themes underneath a lot of rogue one so that makes a lot of sense there um but what are our thoughts on this let's go anywhere we want to go uh, her comments 
and what's coming in the show and and what might the reaction be to that once <laughs> the show hits, which is, uh, I don't know, that could be the most interesting thing. Uh, Jennifer, your thoughts? Oh, yeah, the reaction to it all. Well, I personally am thrilled by what she is saying and what the show will be saying. Uh, you know, Star Wars has always been a commentary on our real world politics and society. So Andor is obviously following that tradition. Uh, but what I think is going to be different about Andor, what it seems to be, is that it's going to be, dare I say, grittier um, and a little bit darker than some of the other Star Wars stories that we've gotten maybe even darker than Rogue One, it kind of seems like, which mm-hmm. I, I find that kind of hard to believe knowing the ending. Uh, but although there's hope, obviously. Um, but yeah, so that the reaction is what I, I worry about because I think people are going to have a lot of hot takes uh, and it might overshadow the the beauty of the show or the, I don't know. I, I, what do you guys think? Mm. I worry about the reaction. Yeah, I'll, I'll kick it to you, uh, Joseph, because you're you're uh, always uh, more elegant uh, on this than me. Because I'm just <laughs> I'm over here pumping my fist, not for the specifics and, and, and the direct mention of the the Trumpian word, which can in, inflame a lot of passions, but just kind mm-hmm. of I understand what you're saying, Jen, and and I, and I don't want it to overshadow what's probably in the show, but I'm also kind of like doing that thing where I'm just putting my hands out and going, see. Star Wars is about things and has always been about things and it's always been political. So either yes. you're on that train or you're not. Right. And it's okay to get off the train. Uh, but this, <laughs> this train's going to move without you uh, if, mm. if, 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 if you don't want to, you know, leave it uh, or, or you do leave it. Uh, or if you're on it, it will leave, <laughs> it will leave with you. Uh, you guys know what I'm saying. See, again, Joseph, step in here and save my bumble and uh, burrito of words. I just want to talk about trains now. Let's do choo-choo center. It'll be great. Uh, also, Ken, I have to acknowledge that your your take on Marva is a 70s sitcom name is perfect. And I hope she has a sunken space living room that she throws yeah. parties in with lots of oh weird dips. Gosh. That would be great. The theme song, it's Marva. <laughs> lots of Marvin Marva's spinoffs as well. Um, yeah, I think my, my big picture reaction to this is always to to take it with a little bit of grain of Obi-Wan salt of a certain point of view. This is an actor's take, so always mm-hmm. being aware of that. Um, that said, uh, I think everything she's saying sounds very accurate to the movie Rogue One, very accurate to what Tony Geroy has already said, very accurate to the themes that are in those trailers, in my opinion. I, I think about the sort of political reaction to it from the fan base. I think mm-hmm. for me... The Andor show is a ripping the Band-Aid off moment. Mm. Uh, Star Wars has always been political up to a point. If you listen to any interview with George Lucas going back to, yeah, the Empire's Nixon. um, The Ewoks are the Viet Cong. Like uh, Lucas himself in interviews has never, ever been subtle about the intent. Yeah, I think that, you know, one of the great tensions of Star Wars, we're going to talk about this more, is that it can be enjoyed on on different levels for different reasons. Even by the same person on a, on Tuesday, yeah. I enjoy it for the pew-pew, and on Thursday, I enjoy it yeah. for the deep metaphors. Mm. Um, yeah. But I, I think that we are at a point for me where it's fine for me to have anybody enjoy Star Wars the way they want to. And if somebody watched Ander or heard these interviews and said, this is too close to the real world and I don't enjoy that. I come to Mm -hmm. Star Wars for escapism. That person has every right to have that feeling and they can vote with their dollars. They can vote with their time. They can express that opinion on social media, uh, on their own, you know, blogs, sites, everything in videos and TikToks. Those people who don't enjoy it because it's more um, explicitly political. Mm-hmm. have every right to say that the line that I'm going to draw for myself is sometimes I think people use this idea of let's not talk about politics. There shouldn't be in politics and star Wars to silence other people mm. and not just express their own opinion, but to express the opinion that politics shouldn't be part of star Wars. You shouldn't talk about them. Yeah. And that's the line I'm creating for myself if other people, if other fans want to say, I don't like politics explicitly in Star Wars, I want to stay for its escapism, then uh, enjoy your train. (laughs) (laughs) But you will not stop or silence my train. It Mm. is political. It has always been political. It looks as though Andor is going to be explicitly 
political, having real life uh, analogies to what is going on today, but also the stuff that's going on today has uh, specific actors, specific events that you can point at, but it's stuff that's happened again and again through time as yeah. human yeah. communities come together and form political groups that decide what our values are and how we should live and who should have power and who shouldn't. Uh, it is both absolutely of this moment, but it's also timeless. An authoritarian government that chokes you slowly so you don't notice. An authoritarian government that takes away this person's rights. Authoritarian government uh, who, who hides uh, what's really going on with propaganda. All that stuff is just absolutely uh, uh, essential and totally traditional uh, uh, to storytelling. Well, see, there you go, my friends. Eloquent and elegant. Two different words, but also more <laughs> meanings around here. Uh, no, I agree with that. Uh, uh, you're saying, Joseph, so a couple of things that I really uh, picked up on. Uh, the ripping of the Band-Aid off is one for me of just kind of what I was – the whole weird train analogy is just like this is where we're at. I really do agree with you on, no, hey, look, uh, sometimes you just want to, you know, watch a space wizard with a, a laser sword because the real world is tough. I've had people have not just that conversation about Star Wars, but, hey, you know, even with stand-up comedy, it's like I want to make sure I have something that's kind of poignant and, and with great purpose. But also I might have a bathroom joke just because we let's just laugh too. You know, I, I get – and the balance yep. can be tough. And, and, and sometimes the artist or mm -hmm. creator – um, might push the balance one way or the other and, and the audience is, is either on board in that moment or in, in that film or show or not. And I understand that, the big conversation. But yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, I, I, I think this is repeated themes too. And we're using specific words to specific times, the modern times, uh, at least Fiona Shaw was. But yeah, the emotions of it all. I think even seven, eight, and nine, which don't have overt politics at times. In fact, Force Awakens seems to skip over it at, at, at moments. Still has the emotions mm -hmm. behind a lot of the politics uh, that that are are part of the the grander picture, the themes that kind of repeat. Uh, so, anyways, I, I second you on that stuff. There, uh, happy to ride a train with you. So, <laughs> we'll record on a train someday. We'll podcast from a train. <laughs> Jen, you got a conductor hat on. <laughs> where, where, where are you on this train? Choo-choo. <laughs> I'm a stowaway. Uh, yeah, I, I think so well said, both of you. Uh, I, I'm trying to be very careful with how I say yeah. things just because, you know, people get really uh, upset and riled up. And then what makes me sad is that then the whole discussion becomes about everyone just kind of arguing what their political beliefs are rather than looking at the actual art mm. itself. What is the art trying to say? You know, we're all going to we're going to all view it in different ways, depending on how we what we believe in and our own personal lenses, so to speak. And so, you know, yeah, this is going to be it's going to be interesting. I, I think it's going to be good, though. But you're right. Rubbing off that bandaid. Let's let's get through this because I want I want yeah. more of this. I think this is a wonderful yeah. start. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the other like, sorry, Ken, I didn't yeah, mean to no, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say the other thing that that Fiona Shaw is kind of kind of saying in here, you know, about the, the complexity. Mm -hmm. Of you know the the new morality, deep humane. In some ways, that's the the thing that I'm most interested in because I think this is still a story of of good guys and 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 bad yeah. guys. The, the rebellion is coded in the world of Star Wars is correct, and then you know the Empire is the the work of an evil space wizard. So it is like good guys and bad guys at the end of the day. But I think showcasing the complexity within that is really powerful and interesting. And I think for me, one of the big ideas in Rogue One, that I think is going to be an Andor, is this idea. Of it's it's really hard to allow yourself to hope for a better reality without that hope being crushed by doubt, mm -hmm. cynicism, nihilism mm -hmm. that's dressed up as realism, saying nothing can ever change. And to me, mm -hmm. that's explicitly political. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Even down to like people that I currently politically agree with very, very much mm -hmm. uh, can can give into that of like, eh, it's not going to change, so why bother? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. kind of thing. That's one of the biggest ideas to me that is explicitly political right now, but is also just such a big idea about humanity of how easy it is to allow ourselves to crush our own hope. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that no, that's 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 a wonderful way to look at it. And her comments do touch on that. And we're we're going to a little bit of the Rogue One discussion, and and there's more comments from Gilroy and 
and Luna about stuff, but like, yeah, just it, look, it, it's very, and Jen, I'm with you. It, it's I'm bracing for impact, right? Because it's, we're using specific, uh, again, the Trumpian word, uh, this will boil down into a Republican versus Democrat conversation and that can get exhausting. And I think Joseph, you're right though. There's these universal themes. So I don't know, put anything, put the Bolsheviks in there. I don't care. Put it any, any great revolution <laughs> in history or any great, put it all in there. Cause it's all history and history does have a, uh, weird habit of repeating itself over and over. So that's why mm. these themes are valuable. And what you're talking about, what she's talking about here, of, uh, that's intriguing because I think this is going to be a great Star Wars story. Um, I think I I think I'm just that going to the rip the band aid thing. I'm just tired of having uh, those conversations online. And I don't have them a ton online, but having them even with old friends, uh, long gone. Or Star Wars fans, but don't see some of the stuff. <laughs> uh, you can, you do not have to engage on Star Wars for the deep political themes. You do not have to. You can pew 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 your way through it because it's very fun, and that's ninety mm-hmm. percent of the time. I just want to pew 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 um, when I'm watching on my own time. But to to what you said, Joseph, the the, the uh, you know, d- don't bring politics into it. Just means please don't, please don't share your opinions on what's going on. <laughs> let me let me have, let me stick in my corner, and then there there comes there there follows a denial of what was there in in the past from Joy mm-hmm. saying it's Nixon. Literally, that's the quote. Anakin falls; he becomes friends <laughs> with the Emperor, and the Emperor is Richard Milhouse Nixon. Uh, the, the, lot Dodd, <laughs> look up <laughs> Newt Gunray. All you know, we've talked and we've talked about it on the show before. So it is there. If you don't want to engage with it, that's fine. You cannot deny that it's there. And this mm-hmm. show is basically going to say, "Hey, guess what? It's there, and we're going to deal with it in a different way." And what I think is going to be a very compelling maybe wild way. I mean, some of these comments we're going to get into it here in a second. It's like, what is, what's planned? What is planned for this show? And, and you touched on Rogue One a little bit, Joseph. It's, belo- it's beloved. Rogue One's only grown in uh, love, right? Uh, from 2016 to now. It's a, it's a Star Wars war picture and it struck a chord in a very real world way in 2016. Think of those posters. Think of uh, even some of the Leia, the, the, the passing of, of, of Carrie Fisher uh, inspired mm-hmm. people in a real world way. Is there, looking back now, and the world from 2016 to now, it, it seems like a short while ago. Uh, it's a longer, longer time than we probably care to admit. And I think the world's changed dramatically since there, since then, five times over. Um, but what do we think uh, about that movie and how it succeeds in being overtly political? Diego Luna, Cassian Andor, I think has some of the most overt political uh, <laughs> statements in Star Wars in that film, as well as others, including, I'm looking at you, uh, Noah Jabel, Joseph's favorite uh, politician <laughs> to hate. Uh, how does it succeed in being overtly pol- political and one of the best Star Wars pew-pew fest? How does it strike that chord, Joseph? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it is partially just the quality of the the filmmaking. You know, I think we've been talking about it a lot this episode that the gift and curse of Star Wars it is that is that it's thrilling if you engage um, with the depth in the themes, and it's super thrilling if you just engage with honestly the surface, the aesthetics. Right? Uh, Rogue One looked and sounded cool as hell. I think some of the best action scenes in all of Star Wars. The action uh, tied to the the fates of the character and how much we care about them. All the whole Scarif scene is really great action but it's also like we're so afraid for these characters um so i think that people uh i think rogue one hit so hard because if you do just want to go to it as a hey this is one of those movies about how important it is to stand up to the bad guys like i i think if it came out in i don't know 2006 uh, there's a a lot of American audiences would have just seen it as this is one of those evergreen stories about the, the big yeah. bad guys. And yeah, you, you got to rebel, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's not a problem if you don't look up. Oh man, I, I get that. That makes sense. Um, but then I think it hit very, those ideas, those themes hit very, very differently because it was right after Trump's election, yeah. after millions of people took to the street to protest uh, what Trump as a human said, what he mm-hmm. did, what he represented. Uh, and that that feeling of, oh, these kind of um, it, the, the feeling of it could happen here. Authoritarianism could truly come here was what a lot of people's fears are. Uh, fears were, you know, n- mm-hmm. not everybody. And that's fine. But that's what clearly millions of people felt. Um, and for me uh, to, to have almost eh, it's we're talking about serious things, but I'm going to have a little bit of a sense of humor about it. Mm-hmm. To me, there's the fascinating 2016 battle between Rogue One in the film La La Land. they both came out in this sort of immediately shocked new climate and i think rogue one 
benefited from the fact of here here is a, a a picture that is about really hard situation but you can still find hope in it yeah right. and i think la la land maybe people wouldn't have liked it at at any time but there was this visceral kind of double bird to la la land uh, because it, for me, when I saw it, it's like this is a, this is a fun modern musical. But the the main conflict of La La Land is two incredibly beautiful people don't have exactly what they want in life, <laughs> and I just feel like there's a reaction to like this is not the story kind of stories that the audience wants right now. They want Rogue mm. One, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, the changing uh, uh, desires, uh, not what I was going to say demands, but I'll say desires of the audience uh, is is a big thing. It's a big thing of, uh, hey, too soon, too real, or too light, yeah. <laughs> you know, which isn't necessarily exactly. the fault of the, of the property. Uh, I'm a Lala fan uh, as, as well, uh, uh, only because I'm such a fan of Smokehouse, and I still walk in the Smokehouse <laughs> and go, they shot it here. And everyone goes, we know. We know. Uh, no, well said. Look, Rogue One is a movie. It's not. I'm just fascinated by it too, because uh, there's a lot of folks, a lot of friends of mine who love that movie, who are not uh, overtly political in any in any way on either side or any. You know, they don't gauge it. They just, oh, oh my God, what a Star Wars film! That Star Destroyer hit the other Star Destroyer, and I'm like, I know that's one of my favorite moments <laughs> in Star Wars. I love it. But I also love what Admiratus and Mon Mothma and everyone else say. It's time. It's time. And and uh, you know, and Noah Jabel's over there going, a Death Star. What's <laughs> still. Uh, fun stuff there. Um, and uh, the the ongoing feud between Joseph Scripture and Noah Jabella is one of my favorite things in Force Center. Well, and just to insert really quickly, I think that's a, that was a political thing that that spoke to me. Is like yeah. even Noah Jabell who has joined an alliance is still like, but we yes. shouldn't do anything. And I'm and I'm not advocating for for violence. Obviously, yeah. there's violence in Rogue One, but I'm talking about the sort of thematic connections. Yes. Um, yeah. And Noah Jabell being the one of like, I I joined up in theory to do something about this, but I won't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. But I don't want to. Actually, in particular, that line at Death Star, this is nonsense. It's that seeing a problem that is so truly frightening that it sounds absurd that you can say, you, yeah. you can't compare this current political figure to these horrors of the past. That's impossible. Yeah. It's just to me, it, it really resonated to that. Like, oh, well, the first step is getting to believe, getting people to believe that things could actually get really bad. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, yep. Well, Tony Gilroy added, <laughs> we're not done yet. Andor comes from the same place as everything else that's come out of this office, which I just love kind of old Hollywood sounding speak. <laughs> it's a picture that comes out of our office, yeah? Uh, Clayton, the boards, the devil's advocate, and now this, it's full on drama. And then Diego Luna added, the series is insanely ambitious, dark and real. Even as Tony was pitching me, I was like, this is amazing you are sick. Real, <laughs> dark, drama, sick. So why Fiona Shaw does say there is hope in the story. Where are we right now with those words and a Star Wars show? And this is one of those temperature testing kind of questions that even last week or weeks prior we're discussing of you got to have some humor. You got to have hope. And Star Wars is a fairy tale. Morality play. It's a fantasy. But also we can't deny there's this other side. And uh, I, I pitch back to you, but I have some thoughts on where I am uh, right now. Uh, but, uh, Jen, real dark drama and you are sick, man. What do you think of those words? <laughs> well, did he mean like, you're sick, like you're you're cool, you're really good? Yeah. Or did he mean you're <laughs> sick and twisted for how you're approaching the story? Or, you know what I mean? Like, what well, I guess I, yeah. I need to hear his voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you guys think before we dive in? Uh, I, yeah. yeah, go. Sorry, Ken. Go ahead. I, I think a, a little bit of uh, all. Call them A's, B's, and yeah. C. Just man, you're sick and twisted, but this is awesome, man. And uh, right. you know, you're you're hella sick, dude. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I kind of think take it as that we have this huge cast of new characters because not all of them are going to make it out, and I think we're going to fall in love with characters we've never met, and then awful things are going to happen to them. Mm. Mm. I, like mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I mean, I love that. But yes, I like that. <laughs> right. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think that, oh man, I, I'm excited because I think that, you know, they're being very intentional. I think casting uh, that blonde actress to play the Imperial officer, I think that that is intentional. Um, I, I I don't want to make too many assumptions, right? I feel like I could really go uh, out, out there with so, some ideas that I might have. But I think what makes this exciting is what, what I love about art is that it has a point of view. It is a sociological yeah. critique. The exploring the human condition. I wanted to say something. That's why I love Star Wars is, yeah, you can kind of just mindlessly watch it and have fun and it's entertainment, but it says something. It's cathartic for me to watch. It's why Rogue One was like so 
I mean, I was emotional throughout that whole movie because I was like, mm-hmm. this is what I want to do. These people are living out my fantasy, right? Yeah. Not not the violence part of it, but just like people coming together and and rising up and and fighting for what they believe in. And that is what I want my art to do. Otherwise, I mean, gosh, even like simple, you know, kids, Disney films say something. And so I yeah. think when people say, I don't want I take I'll take all that out of there. Well, then what do you have? That's that's not art, in my opinion. All art has to have a, a point of view. Um, so that's why I'm really excited. And I love that he's Tony Gilroy said out of our office, like or out yeah. of this office or whatever. <laughs> I mean, he's he is making his mark, you know, and he's like, this is this is coming from me. This is what I want to say. And I'm thrilled yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah, and the list of you know Michael Clayton, the boards, Devil's Advocate, you know, you know, born aside some of the action, yeah, you know, I wouldn't think of those as Star Wars adjacent films, but at the same time, mm-hmm. now I can kind of see and see the core of it there. Uh, right. Joseph, uh, I'll kick it to you here, but one thing I have to admit, I I love everything that's being said. I'm so excited, but I sometimes feel like I get pre defensive of like <laughs> say the comedy in Last Jedi or Solo or right you know you and I and Jennifer are always saying here Star Wars has a certain kind of uh, light side to it and 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 a Saturday Saturday morning serial this kind of stuff that uh, even I have to remind myself it's a big enough buffet to have something that's a real dark uh, dramatic uh, sickness <laughs> whatever you say <laughs> I, have to, I have to own that before you even go any deeper but anyways your thoughts. Yeah, no, I, I really agree with you. Um, I'm a big fan of the of the Bourne movies. And in some way, I do think they're a great uh, a connection to Star Wars in that those movies are known for, honestly, the surface. It kind of breaking the doors open with a new fight style, a new filming style of fights for the time. And so, like, a huge part of what's thrilling about Bourne is the action. Uh, mm-hmm. Those movies are all about, though, how Jason Bourne was made a weapon for a clandestine war uh, and is being a tool of a possibly immoral state machinery and doesn't want to do it anymore. Uh, spoilers for a really old mm-hmm. film. There's that Star Wars image at the in the second one where he can go down the path of darkness and he literally ascends to the path of light. You know, it, they're films mm-hmm. about super cool, entertaining to watch as an audience violence all in the service of a character trying to get away from violence. That's very mm. Star Wars and very Rogue One and or to me. Yeah. Right. No, I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you get a little get a little garden shovel out and dig. You start to see that stuff indeed. And yeah, yeah I like the Bourne films as well. Yeah, and then real quickly, I think we're on the same page uh, with the the real dark drama. I thrilled to have it. I'm very excited about it as a dish on the buffet. Uh, I just accept that some people's reaction, they're going to like it, and a lot of people are going to say, "Finally, this is what Star Wars should be. This is what the Mandalorian should be more like." You know, mm. finally, Star Wars has grown up. All those things are going to come out, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bristle a little bit. Yeah, but I right. think at the end of the day, for me as a viewer, it'll be like, "Great, I love this." I also want Star Wars to be pulpy and silly. Mm-hmm. And as long as there are multiple dishes, that's great. And then uh, final thought on the real dark drama thing to me is just like I, I often think about A New Hope, that one film being the template of everything that Star Wars could be. And mm-hmm. I love that if you really look at New, uh, New Hope, it's a dark political story. If you look at the events and the choices, it's yeah. just the tone. It, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the story is told in a zippy, wonderful, fast uplifting life affirming way but if you looked at all the events <laughs> you could yeah. remake a new hope with a really different dark tone without changing a single event that happens yeah. move that camera down to the surface of alderaan and you have a horror film mm-hmm. so wow yes. yeah. Yeah. uh no well said yeah like i said i'm just trying to own the bar conversations i'm going to try to avoid in the future <laughs> of c c um, which for that person is not wrong, but for me, it's, it's, it's something I, I will bristle as well, but you know what? I'm just going to stay in my joy and my joy is what's coming in this series. I can't wait. Um, though I'm going to have to wait as we discussed uh, last week with the uh, slight delay in the show, but coming our <laughs> way. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here before we do, we're going to have a four center recommends an audiobook We think you should try out on us. Joseph, what's on the table today? We are recommending Padawan by Kirsten White. It is an early Obi-Wan Kenobi adventure, and I personally enjoyed the first few pages, which is all I've had time to read, uh, but I'm sure it continues to be a great book. I'm sure it is, because that's next on my list. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. All right, we're going to take a quick break on the other side, a little bit of news, a little bit of Star Wars history, and then we'll get on out of here on Center. 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to Four Center. We're looking at the Star Wars news headlines of the day and of last week. Actually, um, this story was uh, we were going to discuss last week, um, but uh, then a little, little Andor trailer dropped in time for our episode, so uh, we uh, uh, focused on that. I think rightly so. But this story got left behind. I, I just want to discuss it here a little bit. Here, Lawrence Kasdan says no to a solo TV show. I mean, that's quite a clickbaity uh, head headline. I myself but uh look a little deeper uh while speaking with inverse to promote light and magic lawrence kasdan was asked about the idea of returning to the star wars galaxy with more solo content kasdan shoots down the idea in the interview saying uh, of a solo tv show saying there's no talk of that almost if he's like there's no talk of that but i didn't hear his voice so i don't want to assume that there's no talk of that and he uh, wouldn't be particularly drawn to that but he does say that he his son john and ron howard talk a lot like still talk a lot about what went right, what went went wrong with the solo experience. I got to ask you, Joseph, what do you think those conversations are about and where are they happening and what are they like? Well, I'm sure some of it is the process stuff, right? It's not yeah. a secret that, you know, the Kasdans, I think, really wrote this script. And I think it starts as is their idea. And then there's some, some conflict that we will probably never know the full truth about. And yeah. Then Ron Howard comes in, and I think a lot of people are happy with the film, but then it doesn't do as well at the box office. And I'm sure they talk about that process stuff. But with those three, I'm sure it's also just like a real creative conversation, right? Mm-hmm. About mm-hmm. the choices that were made, about uh, the balance of what to reveal about Han and what to leave mysterious. Um, 
maybe how much the other characters have their own journey versus inform Han's journey. I, I think I think if I had been so lucky as to create something as awesome as Solo and I constructed it to have all these interesting characters to support Han's story, and then a lot of fans are like, great, liked Han's story, but these other characters, tell me more about Emphis Ness, tell me more about Kira, can we get a Lando show? Like, I think that response to this thing would be something really fascinating to, to think about as a creator. Yeah, no, no, well said. And, and, and about maybe 2%, there should have been more tri-tip at the premiere uh, of Camilla's Cafe, I think. think. Uh, Jen, your thoughts on uh, what these uh, conversations are about? Yeah, you know, I have to think that maybe John is kind of leading the conversation. And the reason why is because I think he's really more clued into like the fans and, you know, he's, he's has been active in the fan community. People are asking him, Hey, what's going on with solo? I mean, he's, it was his idea to bring um, emphasis, Aaron Kellyman to Willow, I believe if I'm remembering that correctly, he was like, I want to, I I wrote this part for her. I want to have her here. So I think that that is on his mind when they're all sitting around, whatever, and they're they're just talking about it and rehashing it because I think John is probably pretty pretty passionate about it and has a lot of ideas on how that would get done. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, no, mm. I, 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 yeah, yeah. For better or, or worse, at times, John, because uh, you know, sometimes uh, put a foot in the mouth or something like that. I know that, but he's <laughs> he's out there. He's younger. I get it. He probably starts every conversation with reading down a list of positive tweets to Ron and Lauren. <laughs> so and all that stuff. Like, Gary, this right. is really good. Look, look. Um, right. Yeah, I love that there. And of course, as always, I imagine all these conversations are happening at the Smokehouse because that's where I think every conversation is. <laughs> um, Lawrence Kasdan does say that he would be interested in doing a movie, though. And that's where kind of the twist on mm. that headline comes from. Um, uh, he just uh, seems like, I don't know, even though he just did this docuseries, uh, Lawrence is uh, probably a little bit of an old school guy. And it's TV. I don't know that streaming um so what would a solo two movie look like and feel uh to us now especially in this post disney plus world uh jen any thoughts uh, i know a lot of people have a lot of ideas out there and some people just want it to happen do you have any specifics in mind yeah i mean never tell never tell me the odds but i'm gonna tell you the odds because the odds would be stacked against them unfortunately I, I, and i hate to say that because i would love a solo two movie but the reality is, is that there's so much pressure and so many expectations that it would have to perform phenomenally well if it didn't. Oh, my. Can you imagine all the videos and all the discussion yeah. online about that? You know, Star Wars is done. Ah, and I and I, I just think that there's too much weighing on it. I think the Han Solo adventures would make a fantastic series. Um, I, I just don't think that it would really work as a movie. I, I can't see it in this day and age right now. I can't imagine mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And it, it might be a little bit of, of this Disney plus effect where I don't know if, if you don't, maybe you make a movie, but don't release it in the theater, then, uh, you know, mm. there's a tree fall in the woods and no one watches it as a movie. I don't know. Uh, you know, meaning, you know, we're seeing prey released on Hulu and people are so, they love that film, but a lot of people, oh, I wish it was in the theater. We're still having those conversations. <laughs> it is a different landscape. Um, right. So, yeah, immediately, what does that do? I think the movie would, have, would still have some of the pressure, even if it's just a movie on Disney Plus, which I'm putting quotations mm-hmm. about just a movie on Disney Plus. It would still have this um, undeniable pressure, which uh, I would wonder if it would hit. I, I think it could. I think it would. I, I think uh, a story uh, going forward, uh, you put more Cloud Riders. I want an Infos Nest series, but I think Han, Chewie, Jabba, those days. I don't know. But then the thought, Joseph, comes to mind. Oh, great. We're going back to Tatooine. I'm okay with that. But a lot of people aren't. Uh, so uh, my mind goes in a lot of different thoughts and uh, directions. You? I think Jabba, Jabba should be a submarine on Nalhada and uh, Han can meet him there and everybody will. We'll be okay with it. No, I think there is a there's a lot of uh, realities uh, to think about. Um, I, I don't know if uh, if Solo two uh, could be made as a movie right now because of everything that Jennifer is so wisely saying. I do think that there's a possibility that we're going to have a bit of a pendulum swing in in big uh, budget movies where we've had so many things that are so interconnected that I think people might be willing to go back to something like Indiana Jones or the way the James Bond movies always used to be of like, do you like that character? Do you like that world? Mm. Here's another adventure with them. Maybe they change a little bit, but it's basically just an adventure. Um, And I wonder if that is an idea for Han, if it is just like, Hey, it's his first job with Jabba. 
And there's, you know, hey, how much is he going to embrace the crime world? He has to go through a little bit of a of a change there. But beyond that, can we get the the stakes kind of high for some of the other characters? Can Han just go on a, a fun adventure? Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's uh, those are some of the thoughts creatively. And mm-hmm. then there's the uh, the real world reality of, yeah, probably not released in theaters. Is Disney Plus interested in doing movies? All that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, to be honest, I don't, I don't know if they are. I don't know if they are. We shall see. It's just fascinating. I love it. I love that uh, for a movie that came out in 2018 with a uh, ton of problems and rumors sur- still circulating around it and box office failures and all those kind of uh, think pieces around that, it's still being talked about and people are still asking about it. And you still have like the fine folks of Resistance Broadcast and their Make Solo 2 campaign, uh, Jonas commenting. It, 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 that to me shows that the movie succeeded. Uh, somehow, some way, it's still there mm-hmm. in our minds and in our hearts. Uh, love that. And uh, love light and magic. Uh, we'll talk about that on Force Center, uh, I'm sure, soon enough. Whether or, no we, whether or not we do a deep dive or not depends on our schedule, but it was a wonderful series. Finally finished that up uh, and fascinating. I think Lawrence Kasdan did a great job. And I love there's only a couple moments, but you do hear his distinct voice in the background on a couple of days. <laughs> Before we leave, we want to talk about this day in uh, this week in Star Wars history, looking ahead to Star Wars past, looking way ahead to August 11th, but going back to 1997, August 11th, 1997, StarWars.com released the first installment of a five-part behind-the-scenes daily documentary, Anatomy of a Dewback, which was about the making of the digital creatures for the upcoming special edition re-release of A New Hope. In another groundbreaking move for Lucasfilm, this was one of the first times a movie studio produced something like this to be specifically uh, uh, released on the internet. Good old internet distribution, that model, way back in 1997. So uh, first question, what's a pair of questions? Uh, Do you remember this? And did you watch it in 1997? Because my answer to that is no and no. I had no idea about this. Jennifer, were you plugged in? I did not know that this existed. Um, I actually watched it last night for the first time. Um, so yeah, I was like, what? How has this not been on my radar? Uh, it's fascinating. It's just, it's like getting into the mind of George Lucas. I mean, there was so much work that was put into this very short sequence. And I remember being in the theater and seeing it for the first time and seeing that, that do back and seeing more troopers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Whoa, this is so cool. Cause I remember at the time I was like, why, why do we, why does this need to be done? Right. It's right, the movie's right. perfect the way that it is. But then when I saw that in the theater, I thought, Oh, and to this day, I think that those changes, it really does improve the experience. It makes it uh, much more, I don't want to say relevant, but I Mm. get it. I get George's vision. And it's incredible that they had, that he kept all of his old negatives and things like that. I mean, it's just, oh, it's fascinating. I highly recommend it. It's on YouTube. Uh, you Mm. You can find it if you search for it. I am going to do that. I, I'm disappointed I didn't do that myself last night. You did great research, Jen. Um, <laughs> Joseph, uh, I, I think we're in, in, in a similar spot. This is all news to me. I, look, I saw this on the Star Wars app and went, what are you talking about? Internet? <laughs> yeah, I found out about Anatomy of a Dewback uh, from your rundown for our show today. I have. I would have <laughs> thought Anatomy of a Dewback was um, maybe like some uh, Jane Austen novel I've never heard of. I don't know. Um, but I can't wait to watch it on YouTube. I'm so excited about it. Now, yeah, I remember being kind of a, a, a little mixed with, in 97 of like, do we need this computer animation? Because mm-hmm. I, I was a little bit of a hipster about it back then. I will I will own that. Um, but I did like, yeah, no, I can see that. If you just had a, a like an animals with a head on the stick that didn't move and had no life. And now that dewback feels like, I don't want this stormtrooper riding me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the dewback has personality now. So I absolutely love that. But to answer your question, Ken, uh, I am also in the camp of no and no. Didn't know this existed. I was not online in uh, 1997. Uh, I became online uh, when I got my job at Kinko's in 1998, mm-hmm. and I had free access to the internet for the first mm-hmm. time. Then I was like, hey, this internet stuff turns out it's pretty good. Uh, and then <laughs> yeah. look at us now. Look, look at, at us, us now. now. <laughs> Follow all three of us on TikTok now. Um, yeah, I, yeah, no, I, 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 I wanted to pull this uh, to discuss it to see if I was alone in this, and I guess I, I, I'm not alone, which is comforting. Uh, uh, yeah, I was. It's weird. Like I was online. I, it was when I was working at radio, and we had a radio station website. And I used to write quote you know articles for it, like blog or whatever that was called then. And so I'd go to the website 
And I, I go to the Spice Girls website to do a, a, a quiz to, to talk about on the show and make fun of them until I ended up loving the band. And I just, I, I didn't think to look up Star Wars. I didn't mm. think to type in www.star. I didn't think of it. Uh, and, and, you know, the news doesn't travel as fast back then because you're not on social media and all those kind of things now that we, we I guess, would take for granted. So I'm going to watch this fascinating. And I kind of wish I did. I, I'm with you both uh, sat there going, I don't know, that Dubak looked weird. You're telling me computers are making movies. Now, I had that attitude. Whoever <laughs> did watch Light and Magic, watch Light and Magic and, and kind of Salty George going, yeah, no one got it. I did. <laughs> like, it's kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of has that thought and he's not necessarily wrong uh so this is fascinating and it might have helped me if i had seen the process because even when i do sometimes get still a little grumpy about some of the tech you know the conversation around the volumes almost become exhausting and i'm part of it and i admit that um but even then once i see hal hickle or richard bluff or all these people or just the effort and the uh, you know the love that goes into it i i, I take it in a little differently and i think i might have looked at that do back a little differently in 1997 if i had known what was going into it so Hey, glad they released this. I'm going to watch it. Never too late to learn, you know? Mm -hmm. Love that do-back now. Love it. Love (laughs) it now. I love the do-backs there. All right. That is it. That's Force Center for this week. We'll get on out of here. We're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Podcast available on a lot of spots. Just search. You'll find us. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, any any place that says, hey, you want to leave a rating or review, we'd appreciate that if you want to take the time to do that. Uh, But, uh, you know, if you don't have time, don't worry as well. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. You can follow me at catnapsock or go to my website catnapsock.com. That's where you can get information on upcoming shows just like Brian B.C. Tiller did when he showed up to watch me perform at Flappers. Uh, there you go. Jen, what about you? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Jennifer Landa and TikTok where I will be making some videos uh, at Jennifer Landa 1138. You go, Joseph. Where can they find and follow you, including your face on TikTok? <laughs> yes, you can find me on all the social media there: Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Uh, all of my handles are at Joseph Scrimshaw. And yes, I'm gonna be doing some more action figure sharing and some more face sharing. Ah, I didn't mean to phrase it that way. That was weird. Uh, <laughs> anyway, if you want to find all my other stuff, it's on my website, josephsgrimshaw.com. In particular, uh, this coming week, I will be at the great convention in Minneapolis, Convergence. I'll be doing a Star Wars panel uh, that I'm going to try to record for Force Center called How to Live Like a Jedi with some great people. And then I'm going to be doing a big stand-up show called Joseph Scrimshaw versus Emotions on Friday night of the convention. So if you're interested, check that out. Again, uh, details on my website, josephsgrimshaw.com. There you go. Check it out. I expect uh, four setter uh, listeners in uh, that area to head on out there. I expect it. I demand it. No, I'm kidding. But get some good pictures. Uh, all right. That is it for this week. We'll see you next time here on Four Center. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.